Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval Renaissance and Baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. This hour on Harmonia will catch a fright listening to scary sounds for Halloween. But Halloween wasn't always reserved for ghouls, goblins, and trick-or-treaters. In addition to being a major holiday for the pagan and Wiccan world, some aspects of Halloween and the Day of the Dead also have roots in the Catholic Church, as we'll hear. On our featured release, we'll hear music that spooks and delights, featuring recorder virtuoso Morris Steger.
Music by Francisco Guerrero, performed by Chapelle du Roi, under the direction of Alster Dixon, from their 2000 recording, Vespers for All Saints. In the pre-Christian Celtic year, Samhain, S-A-M-H-I-A-N, was one of the quarter days, falling exactly between the solstices and the equinoxes. The others are Imbolc, February 1st, Beltane, May 1st, and Lunasa, the 1st of August. Samhain marked the harvest and preparation for the dark part of the year and celebrated what in Irish lore is sometimes called the thin places, portals between this world and others. As with many pagan holidays, it was eventually absorbed into the Christian calendar with the three days of All Hallowtide, All Saints' Eve, also known as All Hallows' Eve or Halloween, All Saints' Day, and All Souls' Day. And although today's secular Halloween celebrations typically feature trick-or-treating and costume parties, the Roman Catholic holiday has also been celebrated since the Middle Ages. Let's listen to the Gregorian chant proper for All Saints' Day.
we heard Psalm 109, the liturgical music to part of the proper for All Saints' Day. Scola Gregoriana Pragensis and the Gregorian Choir of Paris sang on that 2007 release, Funeral Mass and All Saints' Day Mass. Late medieval and Renaissance composers frequently set religious texts for use in church on the appropriate feast day. Here is a motet by Flemish composer Philippe de Monte, composed for All Saints' Day.
We heard the motet Hodie Dilectissimi Omnium Sanctorum, performed by Ensemble Orlando. The Spanish Renaissance composer Francisco Guerrero wrote music for both All Saints' Day and its vigil, All Hallows' Eve. Guerrero's Vespers for All Saints would have been heard at sunset on All Hallows' Eve. Let's listen to a movement from that work. We heard Laudate Pueri Dominum from the Vespers for All Saints' Day by Francisco Guerrero. Alster Dixon directed Chapelle du Roi. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia Early Music.
One of the other aspects of the appropriation of Samhain and other pagan observances was the demonization of the Wiccan tradition, for whom Samhain is one of the most profound observances of the year. This comes out not just in Halloween costumes, but in the characterization of witches in many works of early music, drama, and story. Here's a quote, Witches Dance, by Robert Johnson and Nicolas Lestrange, performed by the ensemble Les Witches.
Witches Dance by Robert Johnson and Nicholas Lestrange from the 1997 release Shakespeare's Music. The Halloween variety characterization of witches is abundant in Shakespeare, as are references to musical works, and many of Shakespeare's verses were set to music. Here, Hecate, the goddess of witchcraft, chastises a trio of witches from Shakespeare's Macbeth in the song setting Come Away, Hecate by Robert Johnson. We heard Come Away, Hecate, performed by soprano Julianne Baird and lutenist Ron McFarlane. On to the music of more famous witches from the world of early music, the Wayward Sisters from Purcell's Dido and Aeneas. Henry Purcell and librettist Nahum Tate's witches laugh maniacally as they plot against Dido and Aeneas. Interestingly enough, witches don't actually appear in the original version of Virgil's Aeneid, When the opera premiered in the late 1680s, the revised story may have been engineered to complement the English monarchy, where the hero Aeneas symbolizes Charles II, a Protestant at the time, and the witches symbolize James II, a Catholic. In this way, pitting Dido and Aeneas's fates against the witches serves as an allegorical representation of the way the troubled reign of Charles II played out against the potential reinstatement of the Catholic Church.
We heard music from Dido and Aeneas by Henry Purcell. Christopher Hogwood conducted the chorus and orchestra of the Academy of Ancient Music. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. 
Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, fostering the performance, scholarship, and community of early music on the web at earlymusicamerica.org. I'm Angela Mariani. The holiday of Halloween, or Samhain, is partly about capturing the moment between life and death, as we see in the development of other practices, such as the Day of the Dead celebrations. It also symbolizes the meeting place between worlds, like the worlds of humans and fairies. In this famous folk song, a woman named Janet encounters handsome Tam Lin, who has been captured by the fairy folk. She goes through many trials and a terrifying encounter with the queen of the fairies in order to win him. This is Fairport Convention from their 1969 recording, Legion Leaf. Bailey. 
From the 1969 album Liege and Leaf, Fairport Convention, with the traditional folk ballad Tam Lin. 
Another famous, although somewhat less savory, character who has a frightful experience with ghosts is Don Juan. A number of artists have memorialized the epic of the legendary libertine, including Moliere, Byron, Mozart, and Gluck. Christoph Willibald Gluck's ballet pantomime Don Juan was inspired by Moliere's 1665 play. At the end of the tale, a ghostly apparition appears, offering Don Juan a chance to redeem himself, but he squanders the opportunity. Because Don Juan refuses to repent, he ends up being swallowed into the earth amid thunder, lightning, and flames as the breathing statue watches.
We heard Tafelmusik Baroque Orchestra performing music from Christoph Willibald Gluck's Don Juan. You can find hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts online at harmoniaearlymusic.org. On our featured release, we'll hear frightful evening furies and a delightful pastoral scene. Vivaldi's Concerto No. 2 in G minor, La Notte, comes to us in a collection of six flute concertos, Opus 10. Although the Opus 10 concertos were originally written for flute, they've become popular pieces for recorder as well. The La Notte Concerto tells the tale of a frightful night. We begin with a largo lulling us to sleep. In the middle, fast, slow, fast movements... Fantastic spirits appear, stirring nightmares. Finally, at the end, sleep overwhelms us. Vivaldi indicates tutti gli strumenti sordini, all instruments play with the mute. Let's hear music from Vivaldi's La Notte. Recorder virtuoso Maurice Steger with I Barocchisti Early Music Ensemble. We heard music from Vivaldi's Concerto No. 2 in G minor, La Notte. The night has ended, and now it's day. Vivaldi's Concerto in D major, La Pastorella, for mixed chamber ensemble, narrates a pastoral scene. Scored for recorder, oboe, violin, bassoon, and continuo, the work encompasses many rustic themes. In this recording, 
Ensemble E Barroquisti also rock out a bit with the hurdy-gurdy to amplify the folk music effect.
Music from Vivaldi's concerto La Pastorella, featuring Morris Steger and Ensemble I Barrochisti. Learn more about recent early music releases on the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any part of this program or about early music in general. You can leave a comment or question anytime by visiting harmoniaearlymusic.org and clicking on Contact. Special thanks to Charlie Rausch for his help obtaining copies of hard-to-find recordings. The writers for this edition of Harmonia were Sarah Hoopsch and Angela Mariani. Thanks to our studio engineer Michael Pashkash and our staff, Janelle Davis and Luann Johnson. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Elizabeth Clark, our executive producer is John Bailey, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia.